back we are uh, another t-tuned radio it's been we're at our usual cadence yeah we're like elder gods rising from the firmament or wherever the elder gods hide <laughs> not the firmament that's it's, in the sky it's uh the it's center of the earth you. it's been forever yeah, it's been it's been a long time i don't think we've potted since you've been blonde and had a mustache I think maybe the since blonde, you were blonde, no, the you were blonde, blonde. We did, but yeah, mustache, but not since no. the mustache, which is delightful. I also it's... broke my wrist in there. Uh, oh god, <laughs> it's been a lot going on. Um, got in a bike accident the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. And uh, that's why we didn't. Re- yeah, that's why we didn't record in December. Yeah, like we were scheduled to record because you were just like uh, you were all painkillered up. Um, it was the best. Fracture you could have, I guess. It was like it sucked, but well, if you're gonna get any fracture, you're gonna get any fracture. This is the one, I guess, because yeah, uh, it was the day before Thanksgiving, and so I just had to go to the ER, and then they just kind of put you in a splint, and they don't, um, right? They don't do anything because everyone's they're just. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, and they tried to schedule me, but it, they scheduled me for a week out, so I had to deal with this awful splint. I couldn't work because I couldn't type, and yeah. uh, I go in, and the doctor was like, can well... You not, can you not do coding talk-to-text? Uh, it's more I don't want to. <laughs> oh, that would that would be a nightmare, I imagine. <laughs> I have sick days for a reason, and so I'm like, I have broken my wrist. This is an Open bracket, use. font, color, Yeah, F, it would F, be terrible. F. One um, five zero, close bracket equals. The doctor. Was I only like, know look, HTML. I'll put you. I'll put you in a. Uh, I should put you in a cast, but if you promise to be good and actually wear the brace, I'll put you in a brace so you can take it off in the shower. And I was like, I absolutely promise. Please, anything but a cast. And she's like, okay. And so I wore the brace for three weeks, and then I went the day before we went to Michigan, or the day before we did our big Christmas, like, going home trip, which we did a big one this year, or a long one, I should say, this year. Um, We did all that, and I went in, and they were like, you can start weaning yourself off the brace. And I was just like, awesome, I don't have to wear the brace anymore. (laughs) And it's been fine. You can phase Uh, it out. Cool, I'm done. I, that's that, that's exactly how this country handled our COVID precautions. Yeah, so you can stop, <laughs> I guess, Just phase it out. Uh, but so I and I had been working out since August. Like I'd actually been being pretty healthy and pretty diligent yeah. about it. And then like what? Obviously, end of, of November that gets interrupted. So I finally started working out again last week. It was the first time I like lifted heavy weights with my wrist, and it's it's holding up. It's fine. You okay. Know? So okay. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. So there you go. But that yeah. was, yeah, I got a mustache and broke my wrist, I guess. There you go. Well, I got a mullet and a nose ring. <laughs> what inspired uh, uh, the new piercing? Uh, I've kind of wanted a nose ring for a while. My younger sister, Meredith, at one point, like, photoshopped stubble on herself at one point. <laughs> and then, like, sent a picture to, like, the fam. I When was this? This was, the like. Family group chat. No, this is predated any family group chats. I think I was in college. Um, 
and I was kind of like, when did I, when did I have a nose ring? When did, cause like oh, it looks so with the stubble like on you. there. Yeah. It looked, it looked just, I mean, she did it in black and white cause we have different color eyes, but I was like, when did I have a nose? And then it was like, oh, ever since then I've kind of like, I should get a, <laughs> I should do it. And that was, well, uh, kind of a picture and I didn't even register. Right. Oh Your yeah. Your nose yeah, yeah. was just red. Okay. And I was like, wait. I think his <laughs> point in this picture is he got a nose ring. I don't yeah. think he's had that. Yeah. So the other part of that is that a few years ago, I mentioned to Michelle that I was thinking about getting a nose ring and she, we were walking, uh, in the river, like down by the river by our house. Mm-hmm. And, um, I said that and she like whipped around and looked at my face and was like, I could have sworn you had one. <laughs> You have a nose piercing. Like it would have come up when you got yours done. (laughs) Like I was there with you. I would have been like, yeah, it's going to really hurt or whatever. Because it really hurt. hurt. Oh my God. Yes. Much more than ears or anything. Of course. You ever like pulled out a nose hair? It's like, yeah, it's like that, but like way more because it goes all the way through. (laughs) But, um, no, but then uh, I I posted the picture and few and then like outside of that picture in real life, few enough people have said anything about it that I'm I'm starting to think that maybe I have had a nose ring this whole time and I was mistaken about it. I I think Michelle was probably right, and I, I was I've way, just been wrong. <laughs> um, I shaved the mustache. And it was like, I don't know, I had been thinking about it for like a year. <laughs> sure. And then I was just like, dude, just do it. And I was like, my fear was that it would look bad or that I would look too much like my dad. Sure. Um, and I just said, screw it one day and did it after thinking about it for like a comic long time. And I was just like, dude, it's just facial hair. Like if you hate it, you can <laughs> shave it off. It's fine. Right. So I do it. Lauren freaks out, hates it. And is like, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> and then it took her like a day or two and then she got used to it. Now she likes it. Now she's like, Oh, keep it. Don't grow your beard back. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Almost no one else in my life really reacted to it. And for me, it was like such a big, ch- it was such a big change. Oh I was God. so self-conscious about yeah. it for a couple of days and everybody I saw either said nothing or just said, Oh, Hey, looks good. But most people said nothing, <laughs> didn't even react. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess um, I am thinking thinking that people, you know, I'm just so, I was like, oh, people are going to look at me and go, he looks like a freak. And no. <laughs> uh, there is a French thriller that I bought in college when Hollywood, the Hollywood video off, right off of campus was going out of business. And so we're buying up. All the all these foreign DVDs, indie DVDs, whatever. Watching these weird movies that no one's ever heard about. Because mm-hmm. um, for what it's worth, Hollywood Video had an incredible like Indian foreign selection. That okay. was that was sort of like. I'm curious their... as to how this is going to tie into our altering appearances. There is a French film called La Moustache, <laughs> which is a movie wherein a guy shaves his mustache. That he's had all his life, and no one, no one notices. Oh, and so he's like, almost <laughs> no like, one notices. Why don't you guys care, right? But then he's like, 
man, I'm really surprised you did to his wife. He's like, I'm really surprised you didn't say anything about my mustache. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I shaved my mustache off. He's like, you never had a mustache. What are you talking about? <laughs> this guy just, poor guy just gets gaslit about his mustache, like by everyone in the world. Um, I don't remember the resolution of the film. I think maybe he grows his mustache back. <laughs> my dad, <laughs> my dad had, has one, had one his whole life. He shaved it one time when I was 16. So I was like, Close to being an adult, yeah. and it, I couldn't look at him. Like it weirded me. Out. <laughs> it weirded me out. So it like yeah. triggered something uh, deeply, you know, ingrained in me that like, <laughs> right. my inner child was like, "No." Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, dad had a mustache all growing up uh, until he finally like. It's weird. He did it in stages. He like upgraded to the goatee, mm-hmm. and then now he's been full beard for about. 15, 20 years now. But there was one time when I was a young child where he shaved it off and he grew it right back. (laughs) But that was for like church directory picture day. Oh. And so there is this family photo that who knows, I don't even know if there are any original copies left. The only one that I can think of, my mother cut out his face and put Kiefer Sutherland's face over it. Um, and but this picture existed in the church directory and looked nothing like himself. It's, okay, and so people. Are but like, then it's Wait, like, when did when <laughs> right. did you do this or whatever? <laughs> when did, yeah. <laughs> when did Chet have no mustache? That's funny. <laughs> Just the one time. But yeah. Um. <sighs> It's the other, the only other body modification I've, I've done is I did get a new tattoo. There you go. And I got a tattoo over Christmas. Uh, old, old friend did like a career pivot and became a tattoo artist at like age 40. Solid. Um, Love it. And I don't know. We, good old friends, and we've kind of had similar life journeys. And so hit him up. Uh, I and so he's still technically an apprentice, uh, but I've seen his tattoos on Instagram and whatever. Uh, I didn't realize, or at least in this shop, apprentice tattoos are free. I oh. didn't realize that, so I was like, you know, I was like, oh. expecting. I had like budgeted all this money, and especially getting tattoos and that stuff, it's just insane, insanely oh, expensive. Yeah. And so, so expensive. I budgeted, and then he was just like, "Oh no, it's free." And so I was like, "Okay," and so I, you know, tried to give him <laughs> a healthy tip. Um, but I, uh, it's one of those things where as soon as he, I got it on the back of my calf and as soon as he started, um, he was like, yeah, it'll be about like four hours. And as soon as oh, he God. starts, I go, I can't do this. And then I'm just <laughs> like, you have to do this. He's drawing yeah. on you. Right. And it's, I just freaked like my brain really freaked out the whole time. And it had been like a long, like we, it, we started super late. It was a whole dragged on thing, but I was in so much yeah. pain. So he did the black and I was like, I have to stop. Yeah. Um, and I did have like places to be that night too. And if he had kept going, he had like two more. Cause I was like, how long is color going to take? He was like, probably two hours. And I was like, we need to stop. Like I'm, I'm in so much yeah. pain. Also like I have places to be tonight. <laughs> So we stop and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but like, I, I was just in so much pain. I was like, I oh, yeah. stop. So then he, we text and he's like, can you come back like in four days? Can you make time for it? And I was like, yes. But, but 
And the when he did coloring, it was so. I mean, it hurt, but it was still yeah. so much easier. But oh my god, I felt like such a wuss because everybody. It's like you forget that tattoos hurt, even though I have a bunch. Yeah, I, I feel it's hurt. you always forget just how bad it is because it is. It is so brief. Like I, I don't really feel like I've had a tattoo that like the pain has lasted more than that day. Really, it might be tender, but like not like the. It was what after he finished, and I put on. I just wore jeans. And oh were yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kind That'd of do it. Skinnier than I realized, so they did kind of press <laughs> do on it. my yeah. calf. Yeah, and so the rest of the day, my leg was just on fire, and I was like, oh, I of didn't course, think yeah. all this through well, but whatever. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, it was a full. Uh, yeah, that. But that I did that over Christmas break. Yeah. Um, how was your Christmas time? My Christmas time was good. We're not traveling anymore for Christmas. Uh, there was some uh, family drama with my uncle. Where do uh, you used to travel? Uh, up to Port Huron area, where my oh. grandparents are. Uh, my grandparents, my uncle and aunt and their kids. I thought I thought um, you usually stayed in Indiana for some reason. I do now. <laughs> no, there was this big. There's this big blow up between my. My uncle and my sister, uh, yeah. and then uh, my grandparents, to their credit, they handled the whole thing by saying, all right, well, we're going to go to Florida at Thanksgiving, so Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> so that was kind of the signal of like, we recognize that nobody wants to get, nobody's going to do this. So um, yeah, we just do it here, but it is, so the traveling bit is fine. I, I love not traveling for holidays. After like my whole life of just driving five hours one way. Yeah, I was say from that's a journey. Yeah, um, and they're like even in like the sticks outside. And if it snows at all. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there were there was literally one time where I, uh, I took the road that like I think it might have even been like MapQuest or maybe Garmin or something yeah. pre Google Maps. I remember, smartphone. I mean, printing off directions. Is yeah. Always, you know. uh, Lauren famously once wrote out MapQuest instructions for me to get back from the Me Without You show that she Which got grounded like, for going to yeah, because yeah. our friend Kara's printer had no paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but uh, I the whatever directions I had took me off to one road that when my mom called me to like, you know, make sure that we're okay. I was like, yeah, we're on whatever road now. And she was like, who told you to go on this road? Never go on whatever in the snow. And I was like, okay. It turns out that one of my uncles, uh, one of her uncles, uh, like had a real bad accident there one time in the snow. <laughs> and so now they just don't take just the road. Don't take the road because. Yeah. But like, snow. like my grandparents live on a dirt road, you know? And so it's like, and it's, mean, it's driving, a lot of dirt roads leading up to their place. And driving so. in the snow or ice on a dirt road is rough. That is oh, yeah. rough um, for sure. Like driving in the snow on concrete, or whatever, like I, I, mean, I grew deal up with that. It, yeah. It's fine. It's whatever. As soon as you turn on a dirt road, you just like lose all traction. And you're like, okay, I have to like really, I slid right. off the road and hit a tree on a dirt road in winter. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. 
was going like 30 miles an hour, which in my head was slow. And I pressed the brake and the brake just kind of did nothing. Yep. yep. Uh, and I, was, I learned that lesson the hard way. That happened to me and my friend Johnny Ray's mailbox. <laughs> just, <laughs> I so, tapped the brakes. Tell your I, parents, uh, yeah. sorry. I tapped the brakes and we immediately just started sliding. And it was like a... Oh man, it was a 1979 Checker Marathon. Like that sucker did not have analog brakes. Those things locked up immediately. <laughs> so, um, and I'm like, we, we're just sliding towards it. It was probably like a good like 50 feet that we were sliding at 10 miles an hour. It just, yeah, when you, until so we got to like, the mailbox. Are we really doing this? Is this really happening? <laughs> we just we just watched it happen. Like you're we waiting for the car to catch or something. Yeah, something know, the tires to catch. Uh, and he was like, "I'll tell my parents it was like that when I got home." <laughs> like, cool man. What a guy. <laughs> uh, but no, but so my my sister's family does travel out here for the holidays, and she's. Uh, you know, they're in Albuquerque and her and her husband have five kids, which is a wild time. That is <laughs> it's just a wild children. time. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's wild and it's fun in smaller doses. So, and so towards the end of the trip, everyone was ready for everyone to go back to their homes. That's, um, I have a strong belief in vacation is you should always, or any trip, leave, leave when you're feeling like you could do one more day or leave, yeah. leave when it still kind of hurts a little bit to leave. Because if you stay longer, oh God, yeah. then, then you're like, get me the hell out of here. Um, yeah. And yeah. this year was a little bit of the get me out of here thing. And it has nothing to do with the company. It has nothing to do with the people. I, we stay with my parents who are wonderful. Um, it was just we were both like really ready to get home. And yeah. we did a 15-day trip. So, or a little oh, yeah. So that's we a, did that's a lot. three days in Traverse City, which we had never been to. Or I had never been to. And I grew up in Michigan. I wanted a quiet idyllic uh <laughs> like that's traverse city baby chill zone between chaos of of home yeah and absolutely. chaos of christmas with family yeah um because you just have to be on right you have to be yeah oh for sure on so we did traverse city which was wonderful i won't go into all that except the only <laughs> there's a million wonderful things i can say about <laughs> traverse city and it's great but the the funniest thing was the rental car was a Chevy Silverado, and I'm very much like very active in the uh, transit bike slash pedestrian community <laughs> here in SF. Yes. I am strongly against these the tanks, Silverado these tanks of the cars that need like yeah. a front facing camera, otherwise you'll kill toddlers. These things <laughs> should not be street legal. Yeah, it's insane. And they give me one. And I was like, okay. And I grew up driving SUVs, but even the SUVs my mom has had. And we and have, you have a Blazer? Have yeah, a you have a Blazer. Uh, we have a, what is it, a Volvo XC40. But it's, it's like a small SUV. Yeah. So I'm not like, uh, I don't know. Anyways, this thing, I couldn't get over. I just felt like I was driving a tank the whole time. <laughs> the whole time I kept asking Lauren, like, am I too close to this car or that car or whatever? Um <laughs> And we pulled up next to this F-150 to park, and the F-150 was about three inches taller. And I was like, oh, great. Like, there's an even bigger truck out here. Like, anyways. 
Yeah, it's uh, obnoxious. The 150, huge. yeah. And these things I feel like too, the 150 they're marketed probably as like big, working but... man cars, as these like, mm. er, like I'm a manly man and uh, I'm a patriot and I'm a Republican and I work for a living. These are like fifty to ninety thousand dollar cars. Yeah, these yeah. are not it's, working. There's man no. Cars. You're right. There's no tradesman that's buying an eighty thousand dollar truck. It's like the all the the contractors, put, and construction workers around here. They all it's drive the Toyotas. Trucks. Yeah, they all drive. Yep, old. Toyotas that they don't have the extended cab with the screens and all the stuff. They're like, they're like, no, we're going to use this for work and beat it up. Now their boss might show up in a giant extended cab F one fifty, but yeah, that was uh, yeah. Anyways, I just had to comment on this ridiculous Silverado we drove. It was hilarious. <laughs> I had to climb up into it, and I'm six foot one. Uh, we do that, then we do Christmas. Uh, Christmas was wonderful, but the every year. Um, the sights and sounds of that I associate with since moving to SF, the sights and sounds I associate with going back home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And this distinctly is not my, uh, my parents don't have a dog, but I associate just really rambunctious dogs. <laughs> uh, and then everybody got a ring alarm system that we visit. Like everybody we go to's house has the ring alarm system, which yeah. means when you open the front door, it does like a chime. It's like, it has a chime. Yeah. It has this big chime. I think I heard that sound 200 times <laughs> in the week I was in Michigan. And I was just like, how do you all live like this with your door every time? Cause too, like when we're in these houses, right, it's big family events. There's a lot of people. So someone's running out to the car. Someone's going out to smoke, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, how are you all not going crazy like by this? And I just, I, I admit that I'm a, I'm an only child who's probably more sensitive to sound than a lot of people. <laughs> but I was just like, like dog barking, ring alarm going off, kid yeah. crying, someone telling me a story, and I was just like, ah, one at a time. Like I love you all, but I need one. Oh yeah, at a time, that's please. that's that's like that was Christmas at my family's. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, we had a good time seeing everybody, but then we like went to, when we visited with our, uh, fellow dinks, uh, double income, no kid, kid friends and went to their house. Uh, we had two sets of friends that we hung out with and spent some significant time at the house. It was just like a hilariously different vibe. Mm -hmm. It was just like dead quiet. We were all like sitting around drinking like a nice whisk or a scotch or something <laughs> like listening yep. to music. Yep. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yep. it was a good time. Go. I love Christmas. I love Christmas time. Uh, uh-huh. but I missed my damn cats so bad, which, uh, I don't care how silly that people, some people don't respect, <laughs> uh, think cats are just like these, whatever, but they are, they are our lives. These two dumb cats. Mm-hmm. So we miss them dearly. Yes, I I get that. Sometimes I'm like, I miss my cats, and people are like, they're just cats. And other times, people are like, oh my god, I totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's pets. Pets are that way, you know. Yeah. Like I miss I miss I miss my dog when I like go to someone else's house. I'm like, I wish yeah. I had my dog. <sighs> um, yeah, but so it's a new year now. It is a new year. With and so. It is time to look back on the year we just had, not like the rough parts of it. Hey, what a year it was. <laughs> what a year it was. 
Uh, but you know, we're we're music guys, and <laughs> what music guys do is I we make we were lists. Gonna talk about the uh, conflict what, in the Middle we, East. The whole oh, week. I thought that was the topic. That that actually the exclusively my year end list is. That that was a fun back to before you the best diss tracks. Oh my god! Spicy Christmas topic to avoid. We hey, it how about there you go? How about the stuff in Israel just ramps real hard up right before Thanksgiving and Christmas? How about how about we do that? People, uh, great. It's, Im- it's impossible to have a conversation with your family on that, so we we luckily avoided yeah. it. Yeah, I just send a, a articles and things. Anyways, yeah, but you were getting at year end list season. It's we are you know it's the beginning of the next year. So some people are like, oh, you missed it. I no. I spent I spent December thirty first frantically trying to write a blog post for my site, <laughs> trying to I, get it out before twenty twenty three. I mean, I don't have a I'm trying to get it before site. midnight. Oh, I do, but I I don't. I have a. I don't publish me. I don't want to publish anything there right now. And most and your GitHub, do, uh, it's technical writing. Um, but no, yeah. I used to do year in year in lists every year, and I stopped just again as the stereotypical thing of life gets more chaotic, and I just kind of went. It does, dude. You're not a music critic. You can't listen to everything. When I read the year and like in prepping, you're at the end of the year. I always read like, yeah, NPR, Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, Pace. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Fantano, like who everybody's year end list, and there's themes and there's overlaps and there's whatever. Um, the one theme that I have a really big beef with, both the number one record for Pitchfork and Rolling Stone was SZA. That record it's, came out in December of 2022. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, maybe if you guys didn't publish these lists, but what? November 29th. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that was the thing. It was it came out last year, and also it was pretty boring. Actually, I, I agree. It was, I it was boring. Tried. I tried. It's so like because I love her. For, her first record, I did really like. I listened to a lot. This new one did not click for me, even though so many people think it's uh, what's amazing. Yeah, I liked her first one. This one did not click for me. It feels like. Man, what was the name of that movie? Was it New Year's Day or something? Or Valentine's Day or something? There was some movie where literally the only thing anyone talked about about this movie was how many people were in it. Well, they did. It was like, like oh, look at this cast. Actually, they did like yeah. two different carbon. One of them stars Taylor Swift. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. That are like almost identical. Right, but it's like, oh, this movie's got Taylor Swift and Ryan Reynolds and uh, Hugh Laurie and not. <laughs> I love yeah, this. and it just Hugh, keeps going on. Hugh, sorry, on. Hugh Laurie's the one Hugh that's not in any of those movies. <laughs> Hugh Grant and who's the other one? Colin Firth. Colin Firth is the Hugh I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I always think his name is Hugh. Clive Owen. Um, that's the other Brit. Yeah, but it's like it's always like, oh, these guys, Shia LaBeouf and uh, whoever else. I'm the second I try to list off a- actors and actors, how does I just this compare to this album? 
uh, because the only thing I saw anyone talk about is how many guest features it had. Yeah. Well, and I kept with yeah. I listened to it probably four times, and it washed over me. There's They're like, "Oh, this is a record." Enjoyed, but Phoebe Bridgers is on it. <clears throat> oh my okay, god! What's she do? <laughs> that speaking of Phoebe Bridgers and um, disappointments, like I'm a huge National fan, and they put out two records this year that I have listened to a lot, and. They're snooze fests. Like I'm a fan of <laughs> National. This record has, they're they have two records that are basically compa- I don't know why they didn't just do a double record, but anyways, because they have the same album, more units, modified, more units. Um, but they have Taylor Swift on it. They have Phoebe Bridgers. They have Sufjan. A couple other stars that I'm blanking on, and yeah. like Bon Iver, I think. And there's the most boring national records they've ever put out so yeah spoiler those that, yeah those two records are not on my year end list yeah i so i'm like a weird fake national fan because like i love high violet mm-hmm. love it any other time i go to listen uh, any other national record i'm just huh. like let me put on afraid of everyone <laughs> <laughs> Let me just throw this on instead, because I, I feel like it's just the most well-rounded of anything they do. Like, there's always like, this one's a little broodier, this one's a little more morose, this one's a little more, you know, they're all just synonyms for sad and bleak. But you know, this one's more stripped down, this one's a little more maximalist. But then it's like, but High Violet's got all those, and I was like, I'm, I'm totally. Fit. They're not, they're not like a big band for me that I would be that I'm like constantly chasing stuff down, but every time they put out a new record, I'll listen to it. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't think I'll buy this one. I'm just going to mm. keep listening to High Violet. They're a big band for me, but yeah, they the past couple haven't been my favorite. But anyways, yeah. what have been our um, favorites, Jesse? There's a bunch of stuff that's not on my list. So when you were like, let's do this, I thought my brain went, oh. I don't even know if I have 10 records from 2023 that I listened to. And then I started putting it together and I realized how much I did actually listen to this year that I, that I listened to like more than once could comfortably give a review of. Yeah. Um, So there's a bunch of notable stuff that's not on my list, but I'll start my list off with spaceships. Ah, Ruins and I cheated. I, I went to mine. eleven because I couldn't squeeze it because down. this album wanna, goes to eleven, and I didn't want to cut uh, anything. Uh, listen to the vinyl spaceships uh, quite a bit. The I vinyl think, sounds great. I think it's, great, it's your best record. Uh, I really I, genuinely like it. Uh, Thank not, you. It was. It's not an obligation friend listen. It was a. <laughs> oh, this is great. I have uh, some of those. So yeah. Oh yeah. When yeah. you have friends of bands, you're like, <laughs> I had to check it out. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. Yeah. No. Thank you. It's and I, oh. I would probably agree that it's our best one, and not in like the, well, whatever one we just put out is the best one, sort of thing that like. You know, Trail of Dead always does that sort of thing. Like, no, what, the one we're working on now is the best one. It's like, nah. No, like, I, I recognize, though, like, this is, um, it took the longest, like, hmm. between writing and production hmm. and, like, finish. Because it was, like, we weren't trying to make it. You know, it, it was, I was working on some idea. I was trying so hard to not write spaceship stuff while in lockdown. 
And then like hmm. I was doing some other projects and um you know, just trying to keep myself busy other ways while we can't like record together. Uh and I still end up man, it it started as a double record and then cut it down. And so where past records have been like all right, well, let's like gather everything we have together. Let's get in a room, play through it a few times each. Those are the t- those are the live takes. This was like we spent some time doing the production. We spent some heavy mm-hmm. time editing the track list. We well, spent some time, yeah, like we. It's it because it was like there were probably twenty five tracks that were like kind of wow. in contention for it. Wow, it might have it might have been up to thirty, but it was like. There was a lot That's that we impressive. right, and I mean, it was just because I'm 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 at home. I don't have anything else to do. I'm just gonna. That's my secret you know. slide in number eleven. I cheated. I'm sorry. Uh, do you <laughs> yeah, but no. Your, so it's your first pick. Your number ten. Uh, I think I. It's not gonna. It's not gonna line up anymore. What do you mean? <laughs> Oh well, we'll if just we go say back and forth, we'll just say you started then. Sure. Okay. Then. I had to cheat. I'm sorry. There you go. So I'm starting with number ten. Uh, I am actually not totally sure how to pronounce this name, uh, but Yves Tumor did a record called Wives. I, think, wives, I, wives? I don't know. Wives. Yves. I have. I, a, I, I've seen this name a thousand times. I've never listened to it. It. It's just too weird. I don't want to listen to anything called a tumor. I don't think it's wives. <laughs> it might not be. I, I don't, don't think that's because uh, my tell aunt me, Yvonne. Tell me, sell me on this because it just has tumor in it. And I don't want to listen to anything. Yeah, it's so it, the album is called "Praise the Lord Who Choose But Which Does Not Consume" (parentheses or simply "Hot Between Worlds." Uh, it is this art pop record that's like. Um, it's so hard to pin it down because it's kind of in between like I I it makes me think of nine inch nails, but it doesn't sound like nine inch nails. Hmm. It's like kind of shoegazy in times, but it's not shoegaze. There's a bit of like of Montreal-iness to it. Um, but it's it's a very queer record talking about things in like like using religious language to talk about queer things, which Hmm. is uh, just really interesting and moving. Uh, And the kind of sounds that they put together is just kind of wild. It's like you could dance to it, you could cry to it, you can just kind of melt into the floor. It's solid. Um. I... It like it was one of those records that kind of snuck up on me. Like I listened to it when it first came out, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, this is nice enough." And then when I w- I I didn't listen to it again, and then when I finally did, you know, a few a few weeks ago, actually, this is a very late comer. Um, I w- I listened to it and I go, "Oh no, this is I really like this." Um, the biggest complaint I've seen about it is that it's not their best, but like I haven't heard anything else they've done, so I can't speak to that. So this uh, is I just your know I like this one. To yeah. The- yep. Band or group or so I don't know. Tumor that- wives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you've so Yves Tumor, I believe, is an individual, but it's also the name of the band. Yeah, okay. So um, one of those things. What are, so my number ten, this is the latest edition on here, is Jeff Rosenstock Hell Mode. 
Uh, Jeff Rosenstock has been on my radar for whatever, six years, seven years. I've never fallen in love with his stuff. He's je- this is Jeff Rosenstock's vibe. The vibe I get from his record and his fans is that he's like, and I think he's like older than me, but I get this vibe that he's this like hyper youth group kid who drank like a bunch of Mountain Dew <laughs> and is there's a goofiness. There's a, there's a goofiness to sure, it that, yeah. that um, it makes me think of like Reliant K and other Christian <laughs> like stuff where Christian stuff always had to be goofy when I was a kid. Yeah, so I've never because you can't fully, be because you can't be raunchy. So you, you can't just be raunchy, be and you, if you can't be deathly serious because that's not fun, and so it's goofy. Um, and so, it, and I always hated Reliant K for the same reason. Obviously, that's not Rosenstock. But <laughs> um, can I a ton. just not brief a right again? Brief uh, tangent there. The first yeah. my interaction or my first introduction to Reliant K, I did not actually. It was not involved with their music at all. They uh-huh. were at the. DCLA Youth Conference 2000. Okay. It was just a big youth conference. One was in Washington, D.C. One was in L.A. And there was some session where they were like there, like mm-hmm. on the stage. They weren't playing. They were maybe going to play later. I don't know. I don't remember that. All I remember is that Matthew Thiessen's had a like a chicken mask on his head and he was fully, fully committed to the role of chicken. It's just, yeah, and it's the youth was balking and jumped off the stage at one point. Like the face he made jumping off the stage with a chicken head is just forever ingrained in my mind. <laughs> so all that to say, Jeff Rosenstock's vibe has always impressed that on me, but I know he has fans and he, I know he's good. Yeah. And so <clears throat> this one, I tried to get into worry Never clicked. His Scow one from a couple years ago never clicked. Uh, this one clicked. This one absolutely clicked. Um, his voice and his production is still not totally my jam, but I cannot deny the the songwriting, the talent, the everything. It's really fun. It's really good. The lyrics are great. Yeah. Um, and he it's, writes it's a maximalist. Pop hit. Yeah, it's like maximalist pop punk, um, alt rock, whatever. And it's, I, you know, I could see him force. being even a songwriter for, you know, being one of those dudes who's like on the sly writing for Taylor Swift or something. If he if he needed to, <laughs> he has those chops. Yeah, uh, this is a great record. Lyrics are really devastating and really good. And uh, uh, I, I'm sad I missed. He just played here, and I hadn't gotten into the record when he played. Mm. Here. So that's my number ten. There you go. My number nine uh, is Still Love by Teenage Wrist. Uh, they've been around for a bit. They I've are heard of like the band, but never listened. Yeah, they're like in that grunge gaze, like nine kind of like catch all nineties alt rock revival. Okay. Sort of thing. And so it's basically like you know, they sound like Nirvana, but you can tell they've listened to My Bloody Valentine <laughs> a lot as well. This- how many times are you going to say gays during this podcast? Uh, several. I'm looking <laughs> up there. It's coming. It's coming. Um, uh, we're going to get a break here in a little bit, though. Uh, <laughs> but so, um, so their older older records have been pretty much, you know, much more like the critic approved '90s appreciation stuff. So like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, your hum, your nineties or your smashing pumpkins, Mm -hmm. your, my bloody Valentine slow dive stuff. Uh, this one is a little more like we've, cause we've said a lot of times before, like you're not responsible for what moved you when you were 13. Yeah. You are not, you're not on the hook for the emotional reaction you had to whatever thing that you found out was cringy later. That is all my lead in to say there is a 311 feature on this record. <laughs> really? <laughs> there is. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, because there's always such a revisionist lens that like these sorts of like retro groups sort of have like the, the kind of nostalgia E acts. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. It's like nineties alt rock, but it's like, there was some stuff in nineties alt rock that a lot of people would just roll their eyes at now. And this one just kind of like absorbs all of it. There's a bit of it that feels like you're listening to a college radio station in 1997. And so like, you know, there's a lot of their, you know, traditional grunge gay stuff that they've been doing this whole time. But then there's like, some moments with some grooves that feel a little new metally. There's okay. some, there are some bits that feel a little goo goo dolls. There are bits that feel a little massive attack, and it's just like, okay, this is it's a re- really well done, co- and it still sounds cohesive, is a thing. But it's you know songwriting's really strong. The riffs are great. The production is solid. It's just a good. It's just a good record. I really enjoy it. I'm gonna have to check them out because I've seen yeah. the name a bunch and yeah. I I really liked their debut, uh, Chrome Neon Jesus. They did a record last year or two years ago, and I wasn't I wasn't huge on that one. But then this one just kind of came out of nowhere, and really like really sunk its teeth into me. Um, so my number nine is the last record from Ryuichi Sakamoto, simply called Twelve. Uh, he died, I think. I think in 2022, uh, I can't remember exactly. He died sometime in the past two years. I discovered Ryuichi Sakamoto is a legend, so if you are familiar with him, great. But I assume most people aren't because most people don't pay that close attention to composers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I discovered him when I saw the movie The Revenant, which what that's about six years ago, five years ago. Was it that long? I found that soundtrack so haunting. Like, I mean, I love that movie, but that soundtrack, so I go to work and I'm like, well, I need lyrical lists. I listen to a lot of lyrical lists music when I work. I put on that soundtrack, which is terrible for working because it's just the most <laughs> haunting thing, but I yeah. just could not stop listening to Ryuchi Sakamoto. Fell in love with the guy, got into his whole history. He has a he has a beautiful instrumental song called Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, which is from the David Bowie film, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence from the eighties. That song has been covered and covered and covered so many times. So if there's one song you've heard from Ryuichi Sakamoto, it's probably that it will make you weep. It is a beautiful song. Uh, it's a beautiful instrumental song. Anyways, (coughs) his newest record, it's the last thing he made. The song titles are simply the dates he made the songs on. Um, again, this is an instrumental record. It's a moody record. It's mostly piano, uh, ballads. This, I didn't see get enough love, get enough time. I think Pitchfork gave it love. And I think that's the only one I saw. Um, I think it was on Pitchfork's list, but that's the only one I saw give it love. Anyways, it's beautiful. It's haunting. 
Um, it is music to uh, it's ambient or whatever you want to call it. It's classical. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about it is uh, I not on my list is the Andre 3000 instrumental record. And when I hear people who like that record talk about ambient and meditative music and whatever, I'm like, first yeah. off, have you listened to this kind of music? This is the record that you should listen to. Yeah. Uh, much more than the Andre 3001, which I think is very amateur, and <laughs> very bad. It, I know yeah, I, it, people disagree with me on that. I think that Andre 3000 record is, is very amateur. It's a guy playing around in the studio who is clearly not, uh, he said himself he doesn't know music theory and it's like well yeah you're having fun in the studio you're playing yeah. around but this is not good music yeah it could have been each of it could have been each track could have been probably a third the length they were uh, and I think I think the hype it got was because Andre 3000 was the one doing it 100 like if his it's name was it, it would be forgotten yeah and it's like if Tangerine Dream released this record which they could have <laughs> I mean it would have been better but uh, if Tangerine Dream released this record, no one would have cared. I mean, I probably would have cared, but, but I just keep I, thinking of <laughs> that's because I like the Tangerine 3, Dream. Thousand record just came to mind when I was making this list because I haven't heard many people talk about this Ryuichi Sakamoto record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve. If you just go yep. on like whatever streaming service, you will be overwhelmed by his releases. This is the latest one. It's beautiful. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is my right. whatever. This is nine. Nine. Uh, my eight. Yeah, here we go. Um, there's a band from England called Svalbard. So I've heard the name <laughs> again. It's also, <laughs> yes, it's also the name of a, I think it might be the city closest to the North Pole. Okay. Um, but they did a record, I think in 2020, maybe 21, called When I Die, Will It Get Better? I love that record. It's... Okay. Um, but this one is, a, I mean, it just takes everything and cranks it up. Like it's much more aggressive. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those bands where like everyone's going to disagree on whether this is like black metal or screamo or post hardcore. It's like, uh, kind of like Oathbreaker in that regard, where it's just like, it's heavy and there's screaming and there's blast beats and there's melody but it's like doesn't belong to any of these, you know, scenes that mm -hmm. you know these other tangential things are coming out of. I think that their like Bandcamp tags are just like free fall, free for all, everything goes <laughs> sort hmm. of thing. Um, but it is, it's very heavy, both musically and uh, lyrically. So the last the last album had a lot more clean vocals than this one does. And I kind of miss. I started to miss that the first couple listens I had, but then it's like once you finally like start penetrating to like what's being sung here or screamed here, talked about whatever. Uh, it's it's hard. It's it's expertly paced, but it's like um, the vocalist had said that there were some lyrics that she had written down that she was worried that she wouldn't be able to perform them live because she would just start crying hmm. uh, at how personal they were. And it's it's really remarkable, I think, to have something that's like this loud and also that vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, and so but it's it's really, really good. Um, yeah. 
That's great. Okay. I'm gonna you would you would dig it. You would dig it 100%. <laughs> uh, probably the heaviest, uh, the, well, not probably, definitely the heaviest on, uh, what is this, number eight, Tomb, Tomb Mold, the Enduring Spirit. Oh, uh, hell yeah, brother. I discovered Tomb Mold with their 2019 record, and they're, they're death metal and, and, and a little proggy. Uh, I struggle with death metal vocals. Like it's easily yeah. the biggest barrier for some reason. Black metal vocals work for me—the screeching and screaming, but the guttural. Oh, I'm, I don't know. I, f- uh, I feel like the black metal style can be a little more white noisy. Yes, totally. Like it just—it is just another like part of the frequencies that you're hearing. Like this but, is. Um, it's hard I, to take anybody seriously when they're going. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. it's it, well, and that's been part of my mm-hmm. own journey getting into much more heavily getting into metal the past decade is just embracing like mm-hmm. the same way because some some metal you look at and you go that's cheesy. It's a bunch of adult men like in this silly makeup like pretending to be you know wizards or something, and it's like sign me up. It, it's like what is most of hip hop? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like if you're all pretending to be wizards, you can't, uh, you can't criticize, you can't look at metal and be like, that's corny. And then like go and listen to 21 Savage and be like, oh yeah, this is not corny at all. It's all (laughs) posturing. It's all pretend. Um, not saying that there's plenty of hip hop where the dudes are literally coming from, uh, gang backgrounds right. and things like that, but it's come on. There's nothing about Drake. Like Drake is putting out an image. All these guys are putting an image, and so that's why that's made me no. more comfortable with yeah. metal thinking about it that way and just being like, no, it's fun to see Behemoth dressed like wizards. And yeah, no, whatever. it's it's all pro wrestling. Yeah, everyone, wrestling everyone is, like is very everyone is doing pro wrestling. That is what everything is. It's just pro wrestling is like. We all know this is not real. Yeah, and it's fun. Um, and so, anyways, Tomb Mold. Tomb Mold, the, the this record. Spirit, it's heavy, it's brutal. It's comically it's heavy. Technically uh, mind blowing. And then yeah. there's beautiful melancholy parts, yeah. beautiful uh, um, melodic parts from like, yeah. oh, I wasn't expecting that on this record. So it does take breaths. Uh, it, it lets up. But yeah, if you have yeah. any interest in guitar virtu- virtuosity and death metal, I would recommend this record. Yeah. And uh, this, and you said, you said they're proggy kind of, you must have been referring to the 2019 record because this one is full on we are doing prog metal. <laughs> it is pretty proggy. They, they get a little the or a lot, you should say, noodle. Yeah, no, it's it's. <laughs> I, this was twenty two on my list, uh, and I what I love about this record is that they aren't taking themselves seriously at all. Like, yeah, it is just fun. all. Oh gosh, it's yeah. like it's almost like a jo- like they're telling a joke. Yeah. They're about the heavy, right? Mean. It's like let's tell a joke about the heaviest metal band of all yeah. time, the most pretentious. But like it totally works because I feel like that's the sort of thing that has to work. Either if you are completely like you're gonna murder your bandmate and mm-hmm. use the picture of his body for your album art, or 
if you're just totally tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I love this record a lot. I'm really glad that you brought it up because I was sad to admit it with only doing ten. Uh, it reminded my, uh, me a lot. It reminded me a lot of uh, blood and Incant- blood incantation. It sounds a lot like which, blood incantation. Yeah, which is like for a long time the only like proggy tech death metal band that I could stand. Same. They were a big <laughs> intro for me a couple years ago. Yeah. Anyways, uh, did we? That is yeah. my number eight. Yes. Uh, moving on to number seven, Fiddlehead is I've a. Oh, what? Absolutely never heard of this. So, Fiddlehead is a hardcore, post hardcore supergroup, members of Have Heart, Basement, a bunch of other bands. Uh, this is their third record. It's called Death Is Nothing to Us. Um, and they're this rare supergroup where it's like, because usually you're like, oh man, this is going to be so, can you imagine like this guy's guitars and this guy's vocals and this guy's drums, like it's just going to be, and then it never is that. And it's almost always like, like you, the thing that you hear in your head is almost always better than what actually ends up happening in a supergroup. I feel <laughs> I'm so mm-hmm. I'm I'm very let down by so many supergroups, but um, I mean they're mostly not good, right? No, no but one's this ha- one no one's pining for the traveling Wilburys. <laughs> I could introduce you to some guys. Um, <laughs> I've never met even was like man, traveling Wilburys. Traveling Wilburys are great. Really it. They were great. <laughs> they, they um, great. Everybody, everybody just covers uh, "Handle Me with Care." Um, but but no, so uh, it's it's a rare supergroup that's actually like number one good, and number two like it feels like oh this isn't this isn't like some novelty supergroup thing. This is mm-hmm. like these guys' new band. Like this is its own thing. It's not like Basement mixed with Have Heart. It's its own thing, and it's like super shouty and like everything's like half sung, half shouted. And like super, super like fist pumping sing along stuff with like kind of like the guitar work is a little like kind of airy and noodly the way that like uh, the most recent um, turnstile record was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all like in that real like kind of kind of posy feeling hardcore, okay. uh, except like all of Fiddlehead stuff is about the death of I think his mother. And okay. so he did two, they've done two records about like, you know, the immediate aftermath and then this, and then this one is really like, there's that sort of thing you come to after suffering a loss like that, where like the world just kind of expects you to go on and you're like, yeah, sure. I should be able to like keep going on and not have this like affect me every day. And, but then like, it just takes a different sort of shape to it where it's like, it's still kind of like this the shadow that just like, maybe sometimes you don't look at it for an extended period of time, Mm -hmm. but it's there, you know? And it, it's like, it deals with that very well. And it's probably their most, I mean, not probably, it's definitely their most nuanced record musically as well. And it's just solid. It's just solid. You would really like Fiddlehead. You should, you should check them out. All right. I, I will absolutely, I'm always skeptical of hard, I'm picky about my hardcore, but I'll check it out. No, you would you would like this stuff. Uh, what is this? My number seven is Jenny Lewis's Joy All. Uh, I'm a massive Jenny Lewis fan. Um, 
this oddly might be my least favorite record of hers and it's still <laughs> on my list. Um, it's still very good. The songwriting is top notch. The production is super stripped. So, uh, Voyager, which was two records ago. Um, was it already two records ago? Yeah. Voyager's, uh, quite. I, I haven't, I, yeah, I haven't followed her super closely in the last few years. So, um, yeah. So Voyager was, yeah, it's nine years old now. Uh, wow. or no, 10. In, it'll be 10 years old in July. Wow. Anyways, uh, that was like produced by Ryan Adams. It's very maximalist and they did big tour together. All that. Take your shot self. Uh, on the line was then five years later and that had production from like every, like back Ryan Adams, uh, Paul McCartney gotten what? <laughs> yeah. Paul McCartney was involved with on the line. Like it was in on the line. It's a great record, but it sounds like a big record. Like it's like, woof. okay. We are putting it out yeah. here to make a, a big statement. Joy all sounds completely stripped back. It, it almost, I would, I could almost compare it to, the step between like a Yankee Hotel Foxtrot and a Ghost is Born, where they just mm. they couldn't keep going in the same direction, and even in the right. studio. I love Joel. It's great. Uh, really funny songs. Really touching songs. Uh, the songwriting is there. It's just it's extremely stripped down in comparison to her her previous work. Yeah, uh, and. A personal note, like my childhood friend, uh, somebody in my uh, that I went to elementary and junior high with is uh, now her drummer. Hey, and that was incredible. So we got to go see, and I got to meet up with her. I hadn't seen her in a billion years. Uh, that was really special. Getting to uh, see my friend Megan Coleman, who Megan Coleman is she uh, all around Nashville, playing with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. She also played on Allison Russell's The Returner this year, which Ooh. was another big record. Didn't quite make my list, but uh, yeah. Anyways, the the new Jenny Lewis Joel is great, and uh, and my friend Megan plays on it, and she's fantastic. There you go. Great. Uh, number six, then, I suppose. Mm-hmm. This is the album Agriculture by the band Agriculture, <laughs> who describes themselves as ecstatic black metal, which... Most people might look at those words and go, those don't belong. Those don't belong together. Uh, but by God, does agriculture, it like, it sounds like, yeah, this is, this is both ecstatic and it is black metal. But it, and those two ideas aren't uh, opposed to each other. And we've, we've talked about this record a fair amount. Yeah. Um, but it is, and you know, as, as much as like we listen to stuff like Deaf Heaven and Alcest and, that same like reappropriation of black metal that other yeah, bands are doing. Yeah, it's definitely in that, that it's a de- lineage. <sighs> yeah, it's sort. Of, I feel like it takes a slightly different approach to it because, like, I don't feel like there's any other influences in on it. Where like Alsace and Deaf Heaven and all the rest of the Black Gaze guys are doing, you know, bringing in shoegaze and post rock and new wave into black metal. This is just mm. like it feels black metal the whole way through. There's a little bit of like. There's some lap steel on it, which, you know, so it's got like a little There's bit like of twang. a melodic part. I mean, the intro to the record's quite melodic. and Yeah. But it, know, it takes a while to get into the blast beats. and Yes. Um, yeah. 
it's I guess that's a little post rocky, but it's still it's like the most straightforwardly black metal of that sort of thing. And so in it, you know, it, as many takes as I've seen on black metal in the last decade, you'd think that I wouldn't like be impressed, like see one that, that feels like really fresh. And this one does. There's a moment on it. Well, it's to back up a little bit. It's a concept record about a woman watching her son drown, but the drowning is also somehow framed as like returning to God. Hmm. Uh, this is also a very queer spiritual record. Um, but the, it's sort of, I think most of the lyrics are all about the same, the same event. Hmm. Uh, but there's a moment where there's one song that's sung in a clean vocal and it goes through. And then immediately after that, it plays the exact same song, except the vocals are screamed and the lead guitar is playing the vocal melody that the guy just did. And hmm. it's just like, this is, I okay, I did not understand that you could do something like this and have it work quite that well, where it is literally just you took the chord chart from a softer song and turned everything up to 11 and then played <laughs> it like cult black metal. And it's like, okay, that's good. And it's solid the whole way through. Um, it's good. It, it's on yeah, a ton of lists. Almost made my list. It's I don't know. It's 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 hard. Uh, I really like this record. We saw them live with Baroness. They were great. Um, we just bought it on vinyl. I'm in a uh, big Baroness phase right now. <laughs> Lauren, it was Lauren's because when we go to Amoeba, we kind of wander around and we come back. And yeah, we probably end up holding five records each and then we're like <laughs> okay we can't spend five hundred dollars in records um and we break it down uh so my number six is jpeg mafia and danny brown's scaring the hose this uh That's a great title <laughs> i love danny brown i did not know jpeg mafia i was like familiar with him but i didn't like listen to the records uh this is just so great. Like it enhances, they, they, they enhance each other. The beats are fantastic. Like, cause he, cause it sounds like nothing like JPEG mafia is such a unique production style. It sounds like nothing. Cause he's a little more on the underground side. Yeah. A little yeah. more alt hip hop. Right? I would yeah. say, yeah, a little more. And he's, you know, gotten frustrated. A lot of people compared him to, uh, uh, Death Grips when he came out, even though he oh, doesn't have the same uh, vocal cadence as MC Ride uh, of Death Grips. Um, this is more definitely like in definitely more in the regular hip hop lane than something like Death Grips, but it's right. still definitely not going to be on the radio quite in between Drake and <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Um, this is a it's a really fun record. It's in its tight. It's like, I think it's like 27 minutes long from oh, wow. back. Uh, and then they did do an EP also as like, a, like, Hey, you guys want more? Okay, here we go. Uh, but yeah, I love Danny Brown. Um, this record is just a blast. Uh, it's, it's not, um, how do I say this? This is, it's not a, a woke record or a backpacker <laughs> rap record. Uh, it is just fun hip hop. Uh, well, yeah. it's called scaring the hose. Scaring so the hose. 
which has like a whole legacy meme. To, if you Google that, yeah. there's a whole history behind that title. But yeah, I, I, title. I know the meme, <laughs> but it's. But that's my uh, number. What is that? Six. Uh, six. We in the top five now, boys. In my number five, uh, Full of Hell and Nothing are two different bands. They put out a, a collaborative record this year called When No Birds Sang. Uh, oh. I, I'm into nothing. They're I've heard nothing. big. Yeah, they're big like figureheads in like the, the shoegaze revival for a bit. They're one of the few bands I feel from like the early 2010s of the when like the shoegaze revival first started popping off that is still going and doing it. Um, and then Full of Hell is this grindcore band that I have not liked anything <laughs> I've heard from them. Uh, man, a, a friend of mine put it one time is like, it feels like the sort of thing that I would have heard at a basement show in college in between trying to, ju- uh, trying to dodge full cans of bush light being thrown at my head. And I was like, that's, that's about, yeah. Okay. That's what they usually sound like on their own, but they so made this collaborative. Out the, the yes. Best in them. Yeah. And so it's just like this really sludgy, noisy, shoegaze record that you know has some screen vocals on it it's uh surprisingly an album about 9-11 that doesn't it somehow like cuts through all like the memeifying and jokiness and hokiness that has been attached to 9-11 yeah, the internet is just take it's taken on a whole new life with gen z and i mean even, man i feel even before that because like it it became s- immediately just was so lionized into this ra- rallying point yeah that it was just like and then it became like the main focus of the next like three elections i feel there's but a, then, and then it was just so i mean this is probably so 15, sick 15 20 years old now um there's a family guy bit where lois is trying to intellectually honestly run for mayor of yeah. uh, where do they live Cohog or something like that and she's failing and she's trying to present these intellectual arguments and Brian the dog is just like Lois just get up there and say 9-11 over and over and over Yo, again yeah, and absolutely. she leans and they keep asking her like questions and she would respond yeah. and just say 9-11 and the crowd goes apeshit and oh, this is that was 15 Ju- years ago or yeah. something no that was Rudy Giuliani's campaign yeah for, yeah co- and it was president. just mocking how like that's all yeah, it was. this trad this horrible tragic accident or not accident this horrible tragic accident. Incident. Attack, an incident has been co-opted so, it's yeah anyways and, and so it and it, it amazingly it amazingly like kind of cuts through all like the social bullshit that's been attached to it okay and to the point where like i'm i'm listening to this i'm looking at this i'm reading the lyrics and i'm like i kind of feel like I'm back in my algebra class watching it on CNN. Hmm. Like it like brought me back to like the harrowing, like the moment where like, Oh, like this is a real thing that Hmm. is awful. Uh, you know, it's, and it's like not overwhelming with that point, but like, Mm -hmm. um, knowing, and it's, it's, it's a little, uh, no, I don't know if they hide it that much because, like, the, in the first song, there's like just a bunch of clips from like morning shows that aired that day, like before hmm. 
Hmm. Hand and everyone's like kind of like light and chipper and cheery and whatever. And then it's like, oh, but now like 9-11's happening. Hmm. But no, it's it's good. I I do this thing usually when I buy a record where if I'm not if it's not like in my queue to review for my blog, I will I have my like my queue shelf and when I buy it, I'll if I buy a record, I put it there until I listen to it. And then when I listen to it, I put it back like in the shelf where it goes. Mm. And I've had this record for a few weeks now and I've listened to it a few times and it's still, I, I haven't moved it yet just because <laughs> I keep like, going back to it. But yeah, that's my number five. Uh, my number five is, kind of, I don't know if this is cheating. I have two EPs on this list. EPs can be considered <laughs> cheating because they're shorter and argue they're so then you're not judging it on you know whatever but uh, I probably the thing I listened to most this year was the Aphex Twin uh, I'm gonna say this t- ridiculous title Aphex Twin came out with a new EP it is called Black Box Life Recorder 21 F slash Inner Room 7 F 760 typical Aphex Twin. Uh, this was incredible. I am a massive Aphex Twin fan. Um, and I keep trying to find other stuff like him that I will like. And every time somebody tells me, oh, listen to Square to Pusher, listen to this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to that, I go, this is okay, but it's not Aphex Twin. Uh, not much to say. I mean, obviously, there's no lyrics. Or I shouldn't say obviously. Some of his stuff has lyrics from back in the day. But none of the new stuff's really had lyrics. It's, it's glitchy. It's brilliant. It's... Um, and it's just a good time. Uh, yeah, I was really tempted to buy. Th- this was like twenty five dollars at Amoeba, and I'm like, it's four, oh, geez. four songs, you know, and it's pretty short. It's I think the whole runtime is like fifteen minutes or less. Um, but uh, yeah, Apex still the same AP. amount of plastic. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's the same amount of plastic, so it's like same whatever. amount of plastic, same amount of cardboard. Yeah. Uh. That's yeah, Apex. Yeah, that's my number five. Their EP was go. great. Don't my number, my number four, a band called Underdark from I think they're from Nottingham. Okay. Yeah, uh, with the sheriff and whatnot. <laughs> uh, they had an album called Manage Decline, uh, and it is, I, it kind of bumped agriculture from the top five. Uh, I got into it a little later. Uh, it's this post-black metal reminds me very, very much of Conjurer's record from last year, mm-hmm. uh, whereas just this, you know, s- swirling, violent, abrasive thing that you can't actually like get away from. You know, it's very heavy. It's very. Uh, uh, <laughs> lyrically heavy as well. There's a there's a song that kind of uh, goes through the singer's. It's like a autobiographical in terms of like told in. It's their life told in terms of the dysfunctional relationship that their parents had. Okay. And there's a line in it that, for a little bit, I was relating to very very muchly. It was, I'll, uh, I'll never hurt my kid, but I swear if she doesn't fall asleep, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, 
that's that's just life with a toddler, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just life with a toddler. But um, but no, it's it's powerful stuff, and it's just really solid. Uh, there, I th- I think they're in like that same scene as Svalbard and Conjure. I think they're touring with Svalbard actually. Okay. But it's there's there's good stuff happening over in your. It reminded me of that White Ward album from last year too, uh, and it's there are very few records that feel like that to me. Um, oh, I somebody called Underdark if Joy Division was a black metal band. Okay, which I don't totally buy, but I kind of understand moody wise where they're coming from. But it's a it's a really really good record. I didn't listen to it when it came out and so I've been catching up and I just need to I just need more of it um, my number four is Zach Bryan's self-titled album and I think this is like a major label debut kind of a the, thing this is the fourth. umpteenth time you've mentioned Zach Bryan on the podcast yes uh, we got obsessed with him about a year or um, two years ago when American Heartbreak came out which is like over two hours long, um, 34 songs long. It's Yeesh. phenomenal. Uh, I've listened to American Heartbreak. We've both listened to American Heartbreak so many times. He has two before that. Anyways, um, I haven't f- felt this way about a singer-songwriter since early Ryan Adams when I discovered him. There you go. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Take another I mean, shot, it self. is. It is. Uh, he's prolific he can't stop making music he can't stop putting out new music and then he very much is a show your work kind of guy so he's very active on uh instagram i don't know if he's active on tiktok but he just like will put out like i was working like on the studio yeah, yeah yeah no he'll just be like i'm working on the song guy what do you guys think and it's just like dude like can you imagine garth brooks doing that or something um he's a superstar like he is absolutely a superstar uh, we saw him live. We got COVID at that concert. Um, we paid for four seat or like standing room four seats. It was kind of ex- pretty expensive. And then he's coming here again after this record came out, and we bought tickets. And it is stupid expensive, but we did it anyways because we really like Zach Bryan. Uh, oddly, I don't think this is a like a perfect record. I think it has some bloat. There's a couple songs I would have trimmed if I was in the studio with him. I'd have been like, leave those off, but. Um, he is a maximalist and he kind of releases everything. Uh, the song was Casey Musgraves. I remember everything has been a giant viral hit. Um, just one of the best singer songwriters mm-hmm. and just deeply earnest. I don't know. I love it. I love people. I love dudes getting out there, putting their emotions out there and being earnest and not being, not go. being weird about it. <sighs> there you go. Uh, Yeah. Zach Bryan self-titled. You don't got to be gay about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, he starts the record off with a poem, right? And it's like this country guy. Easy, bud. I'm going to read a poem to you first. Uh, It's great. If it worked for Johnny Cash. Um, My number three. And this has been my number three, like, since it came out much earlier this year. It was maybe number two. Um, I don't know. It's been, it's gotten a lot of, this is maybe the one that I've listened to the most this year. Uh, they're very early on in the podcast. Uh, I had talked about a band called Harbor Lights. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that band is now called Widower. Oh, or the, oh the surviving members of that band are now called Widower. Uh, the album is called Alone as a God. It was, I interviewed these guys for uh, Tuned Up. Okay. And this was written as Harbor Light. It was written as Harbor Light's LP2, but then they like kind of broke up and reformed in, uh, you know, as it was being produced. And it was like, uh, they said that like day one of like COVID lockdowns, like as the news was coming out, they were in the studio and the guy doing the engineering kind of turned around in his chair and he's like, so we just going to stay here then? (laughs) Like we just stay here and knock it out. And so uh, it is, and they said they just like put everything, every ounce of frustration, every ounce of uh, joy, every ounce of whatever else they had into this record. And uh, man, it shows. Uh, Mm. So Harbor Lights was already like really solid mix of like uh, post-metal with some like, you know, Appleseed casty emo stuff thrown in uh, songwriter wise. This has a lot more uh, like hardcore and post hardcore in it, a lot more shoegaze in it, a lot more doom. And it is, there's some moments that are straight up like D beat hardcore. Mm. Uh, and it's just goes through it. There's some moments that are really like space Rocky, like hum level of just giant riffs. And it is just a phenomenal record. Uh, and I can't, I like, can't believe that <laughs> it's something that was like, put out independently with these guys that I say, Hey, can I call you guys on zoom for an interview? And they're like, yeah, cool. Like we, we talk on Instagram. Like this record is they're the kindest, nicest guys and put out this incredible record with no label support. (laughs) And it's just so good. Um, okay. This is getting, you've sold me on this one. It's so good. Um, my number three is again, I'm cheating. It's an EP uh, by Better Lovers called God Made Me an Animal. The sale pitch I've talked about before, Better Lovers, is mm-hmm. every time I die uh, without the weed singer, it is the weed singer from Dillinger Escape Plan. I am not a Dillinger fan, but that vocalist has one of the best hardcore vocals I've ever heard. Um, I thought I was worried that because they're all in their forties, I think, <laughs> I think they're all like my age, if not early forties, I don't know. They would tone it down and do a soft record. And I think better lovers is, is just as intense as anything. Every time I die, it's ever put out. And the songwriting is a plus the lyrics are a plus. I could not wait for this record to come out. Cause the single, the, they released one song off of it. It finally came out. I like, I instantly pre-ordered it before it even whatever. Yeah. Finally get the vinyl. Um, it's fantastic. It's the best hardcore I've heard in ages. Uh, I'm so excited for this band to do a full length. Um, better lovers. God made me an animal. Absolute party. Uh, not much else to say. I haven't. I I see tons of people hype this record up. I haven't listened to it. I'm not as as we've discussed before. I'm not like a big every time I die fan, and so mm. it was. And I'm not a Dillinger Escape Plan fan either. And so I, you know, just 
I see the sales pitch, I'm like, eh, whatever. But I, it's I should fu- probably get. Some I, it's funny because you like you hang out in different circles of me because I'm no one I know even knows about this record, and I'm the one going, <laughs> guys, please like listen to this album, and yeah. Oh no, I got tons of friends that are all about this record. It's good. Yeah. Speaking of good, my number two uh, is Slow Dive, the legendary shoegaze band, back with their second post-hiatus, post-breakup, reunion, whatever album. Uh, usually you only get one of those mm-hmm. from a band, I feel. you know, you get They come back for a record, and then that's kind of it. Uh, this album, Yeah. This, uh, this album's called Everything is Alive. And we had talked about it a little bit before we had uh, started recording, is you said you loved you loved Slow Dive, the self-titled. Yeah, right? so I, the, I had never yeah. heard of them until the self-titled one from like 2016 or 17, yeah. whatever that was. I loved that record. I tried to go back and listen to the earlier stuff. I didn't love it as much. And then this one came out, and I put it on. And I was just like, what is this? And I can't get past the first song. It's like, it's electronic, and it just didn't click with me. Yeah, so the it thing off is, with and, blips and bleeps, and I, for some reason, was just like, nope, not yeah, into it. So, so the self-titled was, I I even thought, because I'm was a I'm a fan from before that, I thought this, the self-titled was maybe their best one. I think I might like this one more, though, because hmm. it is, it they've done a lot of different stuff. Um, their full lengths have been pretty different uh, throughout the go. So like the first one was more like, you know, it was shoegaze, but it was like still when shoegaze was like kind of an offshoot of goth. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little more gloomier. Uh, Suvlaki is the one that everyone talks about. That's like just That's straight up, straight up shoegaze masterpiece. Um and then they made a record called Pygmalion, which is super experimental, a lot more loops, a lot more atmospherics, a lot more uh, ambient electronics and stuff. Um, there are a lot of songs that are just like, they either don't have lyrics or they are just run through effects until they're completely mangled. Hmm. Uh, and it's weird because it has this, they, they all sound like slow dive though is a thing. And then uh, the self-titled was like just a really straightforward dream pop record. It was just a great classic dream pop sound record. And this one, I feel kind of recontextualizes the entirety of the back catalog in a way that I'm like, oh, it actually made me like Suvlaki more. Because hmm. I've always kind of been like, eh, Suvlaki is a little overrated, whatever. I think that might, this one might have made somehow Suvlaki, my favorite slow dive record, which is a weird sort of thing. But it's one of those, it's one of those albums that has enough of the facets of the band that had existed before that kind of makes you look again. And you're like, oh, I hadn't noticed this. Let me put that back in the, you know, the my self perception of whatever this band is. Uh and I I think it's great. It, the pacing is just. I need to it try just this again. Goes over. I think I just put it on. It was not in the space for slow dive, and then with yeah, the electronics, oh, I was just there. Like, you go, dude. I'm just not in the mood to like do this right now, and I never See, really went back to it. I it came out when I was flying to Sweden, and so it was like the first or second night I was there, and you know, super jet lagged. 
It's a seven or eight hour difference. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big, that's yeah. a big thing to shift. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I can't sleep. I'm lying down. I think maybe uh, Ellie had woken up and we had just gotten her back down and I'm yeah, trying to sleep. And I'm like, I can't. To oh my God. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. Um, but then I just put it on and I'm like, immediately I was like, this record's incredible. It's mm-hmm. so good. And I was very grateful to find that I had pre-ordered it earlier because <laughs> I couldn't remember what I did. You know, you, you pre-order something like, where did I put that damn confirmation email? Like, where yep. would it have come from? I uh, had that recently where I'm like, yeah. uh, was hunting down. I was like, I'm supposed to have this box yeah. set here. Yeah. It was like and $100. Like, and <laughs> right, that, exactly. Did that get delivered? What store did I order that yeah. from? Yeah, it's like it's it was one of those things. I'm like, oh shoot, because it was by the time it came out, I th- it was sold out most places. Hmm. I was like, oh dang, I really hope that I pre-ordered this, and I and I did, and so it was waiting for me when I got home from nice. Sweden. And it's it's a wonderful record. All right, um, my number two, no surprise to anybody, Jason Isbell and the 400 unit Weather Veins. Uh, I think this is. Second best. I mean, it's up there for me for for him. Um, yeah, this is his best in South Southeastern, uh, which just hit ten years, and uh, and of course I had to splurge on the big fancy deluxe box set for that. Um, but yeah, Weather Veins is fantastic. The songwriting's a plus. Uh, man, this Jason Isbell rip, so rip your heart out. Um, King of Oklahoma. Uh, Zach Bryan covered that instantly because he's from Oklahoma, so that was fun. Um, we saw him tour this. He has a song about um, uh, I'm blanking on the title, but he has a song about what it's like to like be doing life and get yet another news report of a school shooting. Ugh. And like yeah. how he's navigating through an airport doing the mon- the mundane parts of life and then wrestling with how do I even contextualize this? Yeah. Um, the one, the big song that everybody talks about, and I think it's beautiful is, is cast iron skill. It's just simple. Him and acoustic guitar. The lyrics are, uh, God tier lyrics and they deal with being a Southern, uh, they tell to first person, second verse, I think clearly about two different people, but they tell these short little stories just about, uh, don't wash the, the courses, don't wash cast iron skillet. Um, and that's I was, really being a metaphor yeah, for don't right. I was too deep. I was going to joke. Does he talk about how you shouldn't wash it with soap? Yeah, I'm well, so he glad that he did. The, the choruses don't don't wash the cast iron skillet. Uh, I think very much indicating like don't right. Don't leave take the off family the, history alone. Leave sure. the family history alone. Don't get into it. Don't try to change your family. Don't try to change who these people are. They're set in their ways. They're like a cast iron skill. Leave it the hell alone. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a powerful song. And uh, if you're going to listen to one, check out that one. Uh, but it is heavy. And then, yeah, it's not. Jason Isbell tends to write heavy stuff. But yeah. there are some uplifting parts on the record. It's great. Uh, yeah, that that's was my our- number two. There you go. And number one. Everybody knows I love spotlights. <laughs> Uh, Mario from Spotlights uh, mastered the last two Spaceships records. Um, 
they had an album this year called Alchemy for the Dead. Uh, they haven't really shifted their playbook. This is their fourth album, and they haven't really shifted their playbook much at all. And I, you know, th- they shouldn't. Like they do this great, brilliant. Uh, sometimes gets called sludge gaze. Sometimes it gets called dream sludge. Whatever. The, it's heavy and beautiful at the same time. Um, this one, though, they have some more stuff in the tool shed uh, on this record than they do on other ones. And so there's uh, there's some faster songs on here that are just like, you know, good old-fashioned, straightforward rock songs uh, that, you know, are bereft of the stretched-out, textural, post-rock stuff that they might do on other tracks. Uh, there's one song that has a vibra slap on it, which is really <laughs> vibra slap is. It's that it's that little thing. It's got a ball in a box, and you hit the box, and it goes. Oh, 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 yeah. oh the percussion. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, know yeah, what yeah. Those are called. Yep. It's it's right like in the breakdown to a song, like back into the song, okay. and it's expertly hid. Um, there's some moments of like industrial and goth, and some trip hop moments, and it's just like their most diverse sounding one. And I think probably they're most well-rounded. It might not be my favorite thing they've done. Um, that might still be Love and Decay, which is the one they did in, I think, 2019. Um, but it is an excellent, excellent record. Also on the vinyl, the D side, because the songs are only long enough to get fill three sides, they did a, a series of cover songs during COVID that oh. were like band camp only. And they put them on the D side of That's this record. Nice. And it includes uh, All I Need by Radiohead. It includes, um, oh shoot, what's the name of that Drive Like Ye- Jehu? Yank Crime? Less no, the song. Um, it's like their big, their big song. <laughs> Drive Like Jehu had a big song. Yeah. <laughs> it is Caress. Uh, I'm pretty sure Caress is on there. There's some... Uh, there. I, I'm forgetting what else. I think there might have been a Red House Painters in there. Uh, maybe a Shudder to Think. But it's just like, yes, this is a solid inclusion to the vinyl package that I was so glad to get because I wanted those <laughs> covers on uh, to be on vinyl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up those covers just because I want to be... Oh yeah, okay. Not cur- I'm thinking um, Deftones covered that "Drive Like Jehu" song. Uh, it's "All I Need" by Radiohead, "Red House" by Shudder to Think, "Wave of Mutilation" by Pixies, "Wake Up" by Arcade Fire, and "Absenter" by Jawbox. Nice. It was just like this is a solidly curated. That is a very fun. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) Like that's awesome, and they do them great. The all I need cover is incredible, Um, but it's just an incredible record. It's so good. Uh, Mario was also in a band called Sisters that released an album this year. That was my number eleven. But yeah, I just love spotlights. Um. I still haven't listened to them. I need to. I think that's true oh, with God. almost everything on your list. I need to. You keep and you uh, keep being like, oh man, I need more like Holy Fawn. Why didn't you tell me about these guys? Like, no, I, I love Holy Fawn. Give me more. I'm like, Spot- freaking spotlights, man. 
it's like all it's all of two holy phone spot spotlights psalm my number one and it wasn't even close <laughs> wasn't even close beyonce uh hot mulligan she- why would i watch um they're f- well i their last record i don't know if you call it their first because i think they just had s- one or two eps before that which i was obsessed with it's um, that it's that emo pop punk thing where uh, they just release a ton of eps this this was their i think second proper full length um fantastic like i just can't say enough positive about it the vocals the lyrics the guitar work they have the chops they have the vocals um this rides that this rides that screamo emo line perfectly yeah i i I don't want to like it's I don't want to say Thursday because they're not dark like Thursday. They don't get as heavy or as dark. Uh, Taking Back Sunday then. More up they're, Yes. I would say they're more in line with Taking Back Sunday for sure. Um, but they hit harder. This just, oh my God, Hot Mulligan. Fucking love this band. Um, this song, he has, there's a soft acoustic song that just wrecked me. Uh, Lyrically, it's a short little two minute ditty or so. And I was working out listening to this record and I like teared up because <laughs> I was listening to the lyrics. It starts off and you think it's about an ex girlfriend. And it's not. It's about his cat dying during COVID. <laughs> and it's just. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's something that you could look at and go, oh, you're writing a song about your cat dying. That's just cheap. You're just manipulating me emotionally. Yeah. Um, but he does it tastefully, and he does it honestly. And I was just like, and I just was like, oh, my God. Uh, it's And it hits you, again, as you're listening to the lyrics for, like, the first time, you're like, oh, this is about an ex-girlfriend that left him. Or, wait, no. Oh, oh shit, this is about its cat. Oh. I'm looking at these and, uh, song titles. And the song titles are classic emo <laughs> song titles where they're just absolutely ridiculous uh, song titles. Um, shh, golf is shh, on. Golf is on is great. Christ uh, alive, my toe, damn it hurts. Um, this song is called It's Called What It's Called. They're, it's a I, family movie. She hates her dad. I can't recommend this record enough. It's fun. Uh, and the vocalist I love is screaming voice. I love his singing voice. Yeah, he throws I, uh, I'm gonna shut up now. But uh, yeah, yeah I like I like the title John the Rock Cena. Can you smell what the Undertaker? Nice. They they have yeah. a lot of fun with the they're very <laughs> Fallout Boy in that way where they just yeah. ridiculous song titles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I, um, again they I would I would criti- if I didn't like the record I'd probably be like their song titles are stupid but because I love the right. record I'm like right oh, of this course is fine yeah uh, I never got into Hot Mulligan they were blowing up in the same because like Hot Mulligan Spanish Love Songs and Dog Leg all came out with records that like around the same time that hit, I feel like in similar ways, but everyone just chose one of those bands Hmm. to listen to that the whole time. And I chose Spanish love songs and I have not, and I have not listened to either of the other two albums. Um, but yeah, uh, some, some, I'm just going to list off a few 
uh, honorable mentions here. Uh, I mentioned Sisters. Their album Leech Eater was really good. Uh, Portrayal of Guilt. We've talked about their record Devil Music. It's really good. Gloomer is a shoegaze band on Friend Club. Uh, we played a show together uh, right around Halloween. That was really fun. Regana uh, is a two-piece black metal doom thing on Flenser. Uh, they have a record called Desolation's Flower. That's they do this thing where the they switch which one is drumming and playing guitar every song. So like one song, one of them is playing guitar and singing, and the other is playing drums. And the next song, the other one is playing guitar and singing. The other, the first one is playing drums. But it's uh, just a really emotionally moving record. Um, the new Bor- the new Baroness finally got me. Uh, Stone. I got into it way too late. I never gave it like a proper listen, and then I mean, a few I listened days. when it came out. It just didn't. It didn't. Uh, both the gold, first side, golden, golden gray, and and Stone haven't hit me like the last one. I got really really into was uh, purple. Purple is great. Uh, that was my introduction, though. Oh really? Yeah, that was my introduction. But uh, no, so the just a few days ago, I feel probably last week sometime. I was like, you know what? I ought to just buy it. It's not like it's going to be bad. It's it's barrenness. Come on. Uh, and I put it on, and I was like, this is really I, solid. I don't know. It's, I got into them when it Red, needs I had a, a friend yeah. who told me when Red came out, check out this yeah. band. And so I've just been been along for the ride. Been along for the ride. Yeah. I feel like I feel like coming in on Purple has been like a sort of like a a saving grace for the later albums because like. I feel like had I come in that early, I may be like, oh man, I want their sludgy stuff some more. Or like if I came in too late, I might even look at like the older, like that, like red and blue and be like, Mm. oh no, that's not the Baron. But like, because it's a purple, it's like the perfect, like kind of center point. It's like, I can do their proggy stuff. I can do their heavy stuff and it's all good. But this one really needs, uh, yeah. We saw agriculture agriculture and they do, uh, I've seen them, I think three times now. And every time they end with the song Isaac from the Red Album, which oh, is maybe is so good. they're like heaviest and whatever. And that song is yeah. so rad. Uh, it's stuck yeah. in my head the last few days. I haven't yeah. listened to Red, but I need to. I've, I've, I listened to Blue yesterday and Yellow today. Uh, I didn't get to the green side yet. But uh, but no, I've, Stone is one of those records, though, that you have to like do it all at once. It Especially the first side of the record, all like... It's one suite. The first like four or five songs are all like a single suite without stopping. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, I thought for sure Sufjan was going to be on this. You seem like a Sufjan guy. Man, here's the thing. I love Sufjan Stevens. I love like I I actually texted some of my friends, uh, some of my queer friends when Sufjan was like, oh, yeah, this is about my lover who was a man who died. And I go, man, guys. Congrats on Sufjan. That's a good get. That's we all knew. <laughs> oh yeah, we all knew. But now that it's that's a that's a solid get. It's a good day. It's a good day in the queer community. Um, and you know, I I put it on, and it's just at this point, I'm just too exhausted for another heartbreaking Sufjan Stevens record. It's beautiful, of course. I'm probably gonna buy it. I just hadn't had the time at this point. And I put it on when I was going to the bank. I was like, that's not the time to to digest this record. But I just it's just I, more I to it. it's 
It did. It didn't do much for me. I really liked. I didn't like it. I, I really like liked the album. Was it the Ascension? Uh, his most his one after Carrie and Lowell. They did. It was a little more I electronica. Didn't to that. So the one after Carrie and Lowell, I did not listen to. I really enjoyed that one. A lot of people didn't. I also really enjoyed the Age of Odds, which a lot of people didn't like. I um, so but I've had a. I've had a realization this year. I'm a Sufjan lifer, but like I just hadn't had time for that. I've had a realization this year that I've just never been that big of a Sufjan fan. <laughs> and I've just kind of always pretended because you're supposed to like Sufjan. Right. And people are like, uh, it's the, it's the breathiness. It's the softness. It's the, yeah, it's the weirdness that has always made me go a little, eh, and I had to pretend mm. to like it. And then like, Illinois is so undeniably uh, oh, it's, epic. It's so no one has come good. close. No one's so come I'm close like, to that. Yeah, Illinois is good. But when I look at what I what I personally enjoy, right? Yeah. Not not putting my critic hat on, but what I personally enjoy, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not that big of a Sufjan fan. And that's been kind I, of freeing for me this year yeah. when I'm trying to listen to Javelin and he's singing about everything he's singing about. And I'm like, I'm finally giving myself the gift of not having to be a Sufjan fan and telling people <laughs> that I just, it's okay. Yeah. And I've seen him live like four times. Yeah. He is good. It's just not for me. <laughs> Some uh, of it is. Yeah. I specifically remember one of the first times we hung out, you talking about Sufjan's voice in context of Randy Travis's voice. And that's like, that's like the full spectrum of male vocalist voices is Sufjan Stevens to Randy Travis. I, um, but yeah, I just didn't have time to give it, but there's a lot this year. Yeah, there is a lot. This is, I think the most out of the loop I felt music wise in a long time. Cause, uh, you know, I, have a child and I have uh, a building that I need to yeah. renovate. And so I wasn't doing as much reviewing. I wasn't doing as much, you know, just trolling through stuff, but the, so, um, I even just have less listening time. But another thing that I, another record that just recently made onto like my, like, yes. Okay. This was good. Was the new cigarettes record. Uh, Ada. What? I think you pronounce it. That record was he, trash. No, trash. you just gotta you just gotta throw it on and melt Absolute into the floor. Trash. It is a disassociation record. I tried it's, so hard. Everybody who's like this record is just as good as their other stuff. I was like, no, it's no. not my favorite, and that's why it took me so long for it. Because like I prefer like the big bombastic stuff they do. Like uh, my first I two, my so my favorite two. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and I'm not gonna challenge that. Uh, and I'm not always in the headspace for it, but it's a gorgeous record that you just, you know, lay down and let it steamroll over you. Solid, solid. I think listen. for me, this year was just full of a lot of disappointments. Like I was really looking forward to Chris Stapleton's record. It's okay. I was looking yeah. forward to Queens of the Stone Age record. It's okay. Uh, PJ Harvey record is I don't like. The Armed's new record. It's okay. Uh, that one was so boring. Uh, I, to go from ultra pop to that. Yeah, I was just sort of like, oh, you're really? Okay. Um, really? So I just had a lot of okay on my list. The biggest surprise yeah. for me, and it didn't quite make my list, was Olivia Rodrigo's record. I really like <laughs> It's fantastic. 
I've listened to Guts a lot. Her, it's fantastic. And her I feel SNL. weird. I'm like, am yeah. I allowed to listen to this? I'm 38. <laughs> she's like 19 or something. Yeah. I think but, she's 20. Uh, um, no, her S- she didn't S- she was on SNL. Yeah, we was, watched her. It was a solid performance. So her, it was like her performance of all of them, all American bitch was great. Um, yeah. She's great. Is that the it's one with the table? Her. Yeah, that was the one where she did the table yeah. and she got up and started uh, stomping her. No, it was it was a solid I mean, I haven't listened to the album, but it's like it's enjoy, front to back, it's good. Um, but are we doing weekly picks and yeah, we should in the, <laughs> so I'm counting on weekly picks for one reason. Yes. Because it so didn't come out this year? No, because I couldn't... My list was too impossible. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to do 12, and then I said 11, and then I was like, well, uh, whatever. Anyways, so my weekly pick, but I, you could almost... I, I, I'm too close to this record to objectively review it. Oh, so Rosemary's? Rosemary's. Yeah, Fennel it was flower, good. Fennel Easy flower. Bake oven heart. Um, I love that. That song. Brilliant songwriting. Uh, and it's frustrating because it's my... Fr- well, I shouldn't say it's frustrating. I, I couldn't be happier for my friend, but I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> right. Um, so it's just called... The EP is called Down. It's Fennel, Fennel Flowers. Pull it up on Bandcamp. Buy it. Um, it's I great. Don't, I don't know... I stand by it. ...what she's charging, but uh, it's four tracks long, and it uh, devastated me. Um, and we got to see Rosemary sort of perf- like do the performance of it um, in a, a backyard show, which again out here, SF Oakland, these scenes and spaces exist, but I'm not as in them as I used to be, yeah. right? And like, right, most people I know are like middle aged professional for whatever, and so right. it was so refreshing to go to a backyard show uh, and see this. Rosemary played all four songs and then did a killer cover of Kath by Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> um, and this thing was just recorded in Rosemary's um, be- uh, yeah. bedroom home studio. And it sounds amazing uh, for what it is. Um, I, yeah. Anyways, I can't yeah, be objective great. about it, it's, but that's my pick. No, it's, it's solid. Down. It's solid. It's solid. Um, my pick, and this is a, re- I, uh, I want you to listen to this. Okay. And I know you're going to hate it. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, this is an album called 69 by a band called AR Kane. I recently heard of them for is the this first time. Like 69, like a sex joke? Uh, it's more like yin yang, they oh. were saying. AR Kane? <sighs> yeah, Kane, like the wrestler. A like the letter, R like the letter, Kane like oh, the rest. Like when I type out A R Kane, it's just the word Arcane. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I first came upon them the other day. Uh, I say the other day; it was a couple months ago. Um, Formed in 1986. Yeah, I was reading about uh, Cocteau Twins, and something they said something about uh, Dream Pop, developed by bands like. Uh, Cocteau Twins and A.R. Kane. And I'm like, okay, what's never this, this. Yeah. foundational dream pop band that I've never heard of? I, you know, you'd think you hear all of them. And then go on to read, like, they were a huge influence on Kevin Shields when he was doing Loveless. They were a big influence on 
uh, the trip hop movement. They were a big influence on like dream pop as a, and shoegaze as a whole. I'm like, I gotta hear this. And so I pull up on Spotify and I pull up their, their, uh, top album that shows up is their album I which yeah they have one from 89 yeah. one from 2010 and one from 2023 wow okay I'm assuming those aren't day jobs those aren't real between. no those aren't real dates those aren't oh, real dates oh they aren't okay, okay no they made three records and broke up okay. um <laughs> This is Apple those are the music dates that being Apple yeah music. those are the dates that they were put up on Apple Music, uh, and so I listened to uh, a little bit of I and I'm like it's just like this kind of like Afro dance stuff and I'm like why did this influence shoegaze that's so weird and I was just like okay whatever and I put it away and then a few days later I was like I should okay there has to be a reason and so then I saw like oh it was the first. It was their first record, 69, that was the one that, you know, was influential on it. And I put that on and instant I'm like, okay, I get this 100%. It's very dreamy. It's very experimental. It's one of those things like where, you know, they say, uh, you know, the, it's a thin line between genius and madness. Mm-hmm. This is like, they are riding that line like it's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And it goes back and forth. Depending on my mood, it is either absolutely incredible or it's the worst fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but it's, All right, I'm excited I, to try I this. I love it. I love it. I really do. Uh, but there are, like, it's a very specific type of experimental record that I have a very soft spot for. Um, it's not a perfect thing. There are a couple of songs on here that I'm like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. But <laughs> I love it. I tracked down a vinyl copy. <laughs> it's uh, from Lithuania at that. Um, but yeah, that's my pick. Uh, incredible. You're going to hate it. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, now it has been wonderful catching up and doing the year end list. And this exercise, uh, was fun because I didn't realize how much stuff I actually listened to this year. But, um, if you are, if you're listening at home and you hear any sort of banging, it's cause there's people on my roof right now. We have roof, uh, people here to, uh, give us an estimate on how much the roof is going to cost to do, uh, fun ownership. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I did, they got here. They told me Tuesday, and then they came today. And so uh, I had to kind of frantically text my wife while I was like, "Can you take the, this?" But anyways, I'm gonna go talk to the roofers. Fun there times. you go. Nah, it's been there. Wonderful. You go. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. Let's do it again soon. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to D2 Radio. This podcast is hosted and produced by Jesse Atkinson and Matt Fitzgerald, who apologize for their rambling, but they also won't adjust their behavior, so their apology should be taken with a grain of salt. If, for whatever reason, you want more, you can follow at D2RadioPod on all socials and visit D2RadioPod.com. Someone, please, sponsor us. <laughs>